Alright, hey guys. Uh, welcome back to the Fight the Power podcast. Uh, I'm Adrian Miller. I'm Jose Sandoval. And I'm Levi Sparkman. And today we are going to be talking about the structures that determine the oppression of the Mexican population in the United States and other oppressed groups, and as well as how we defeat these structures. Uh, I think we should start out today by uh, talking about the structure of capitalism. What do you guys know about capitalism, or what's your guys' thoughts on it? Uh, I believe it's on the free market. If I have something and I want to sell it, I can sell it at the price I want. If the market accepts it, it's going to buy it. If not, I'm going to keep it. Uh, capitalism is the main economic structure in the U.S. that uh, is pretty much founded on the exploitation of labor and yeah, consumerism. I, th I thought it was interesting the way Professor Garcia brought it up, how it's, capitalism's only been around for 200-some-odd years. But... It is, it's founded on the principle of exploitation of labor and to maximize profits. Um, problem with that mostly, what I see is it excludes the humanity in people. It mostly just focuses on profit and they don't really care how they get the profit. It's just all about making more money. Yeah, I think it's, uh, there's definitely clear moral issues with it for sure. I know yeah, I mean, how companies like Amazon or, or yeah, just like Amazon just pay so little to his employees that work so many hours per day. And I think a big part of it uh, for most Americans is looking at the outsourcing of the production to other countries because big companies are going overseas to take advantage of the lower wage to pay over there and exploit those people. Yeah, that's true. It's not even just in the U.S. either. Yeah, not even overseas. You can go to Mexico and see all these big industry like making, like paying less than yeah. and it's paying like 10 bucks per, per day. Yes. When I... Oh, you want to go? Uh, I was just when I said overseas, I meant to like I just meant outside of the country. So that was my I should have clarified that a little more when I said it. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it just uh, like supports or not supports, but like encourages like just a lot of consumerism, which is really wasteful. So there's a lot of a lot of things that are overproduced and don't ever get used because they're not given away or anything so they just go to waste another uh negative aspect of capitalism is the the idea that everything needs to be privatized and the market controls everything i think the b three biggest basic human needs that don't need to be just for profit are education healthcare, and housing i know everyone could use a better education everyone deserves a better education and people deserve health care they shouldn't they shouldn't have to worry about whether or not they're going to get their next meal because they have to 
go get a shot from the doctor or they're sick or they have the flu. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of homeless people here in downtown, especially like how is that even possible if we have like so many money? So and it just of, uh, distribution of it. That's the issue. Which is the last point for capitalism that it, it perpetuates the inequalities inside society. Uh, we'll never be able to achieve social equality as long as we're under the rule of capitalism because capitalism's driving to a two-party system to where you just have the rich and the poor. There's no middle class. And according to Pastor, uh, unregulated or unfeathered capitalism often exaggerates inequality and can undermine social cohesion. So basically what he's saying is without, as long as we're under capitalism, the inequalities in society are continue, going to continue to get greater rather than making efforts towards like social change and equality. Yeah, it definitely uh, mm. makes, makes things hard because there's, there's no real equity that can be achieved within it, within the structure. Yeah, but to change it is going to take like a lot of effort because there's no uh, any like good structure to change capitalism, like not soon at least. So how do you guys think we can combat capitalism? How do you guys think we can overcome that structure? Uh, definitely through education. That's probably the biggest one. Because yeah, before the class, honestly, I didn't really like, I didn't question it very much at all. Like it was just maybe like, putting more rules to the people that have these big companies. Yeah, like maybe making, making more laws and legislation to put limits on what big businesses can do. Yeah. And yeah. Not letting yeah. them be that free to go to to another country, you know, is not going to get paid that well. Yeah, I think definitely. a big thing with education is also the, like, just like you said before the class, you weren't really... You didn't really think about capitalism. Yeah, it just existed and, in it. Didn't really question it. Just okay, it is what it is. Yeah, I would say that's how the majority of Americans live, or the majority of people under capitalistic and yeah, for sure societies. But I think no. the the main change needs to be can come from grassroots mobilization, which was demonstrated in the book by Pastor and. Uh, the 90s in California where the population changed and people got together as a collective group and wanted change and moved for it and eventually they saw that change so I think that's a big big uh, way to yeah. overcome yeah I think there needs to be uh, a little more probably uh, the government intervention maybe in the economy that way these uh, you know like businesses and stuff like that don't have absolute control like that like they have incentives to raise wages because the government gives them those rather than exploiting yeah I agree. The, the government it's collided to this 
to the big companies give money to to these to the government so it's kind of hard but it's yeah, not it's impossible a, it's a deep rabbit hole to go down and we could probably talk about it for hours yeah but i i think we should uh transition on to our next topic uh Levi, do you want to take the lead on colonialism? Yeah, so colonialism is probably a like big thing that not like I would say contributes to capitalism, especially for uh, people of color. It's it's a mentality that affects people of color, and not just a mentality, but also just actual physical like structures and things that are, or policies that have been put into place by the government. Yeah, I think it doesn't just affect uh, people of color. I think it affects all of us, but in different ways, like... Yeah, definitely. White, white people affect them, making them, like, more racist. Yeah, no, it, it affects everyone, for sure. I think it was very interesting to learn about colonialism in the class and just how it, the most minute things in your life that you don't think about it, just it is affected and has, like, colonialism has a impact on it. Like the colonized mentality of thinking about ways. It's just so built into us as being normal. But once we take a step back and look about, look at why we think that way and how we think that we can start to realize that it's not the right way. Yeah, it's a really toxic, the mentality part of it. Yeah. That's, that's something I've noticed a lot within my family and with uh, just, you know. Yeah, Chicanos on, on all the Mexican families, yeah, on all Mexican families, we can see it and we don't notice until somebody told you. Yeah, it's like I'm anybody who's Mexican, you have family members that are super homophobic or racist most likely yeah a big part of the colonized mentality that was at least easy for me to see and identify once we talked about it was its role in education and how it basically promoted education that served the interests of the colonizers and the colonized mentality which then oppressed and marginalized the Mexican-American community, as well as other oppressed individuals in the United States. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it affects education a lot. Yeah, a lot of times, uh, I just saw, like, the police trying to arrest a guy on, here on campus because, I don't know why, but he was Mexican, so... It was like weird because it was five police guys for only one person. Oh, that was something you had seen? Yeah, just like two hours ago. Yeah. How do you guys think we can uh, overcome the colonized mentality and colonization? Uh, I think definitely through uh, just the reconnection of or for the people of color to the mentality, uh, reconnecting with cultural roots and understanding cultural beliefs and, you know, 
taking yourself out of that capitalistic mindset and because a lot of people with colonized mindsets you know try to act white in a way yeah try to go back to us clan and know know the roots we have yeah like, understand who you are yeah yeah like on us clan there's no failure so there's just learning on this life going back to that kind of thinking not you know I think it's kind of the same as you can use the same uh, solution partially for colonization as you can for capitalism because it, it comes down to to knowledge and being having a social awareness, which, again, going back to capitalism, if we could ha provide a better education, more proper education for people and really deconstruct in the school systems in a like create free thinkers and people who aren't just going through the motions and regurgitating information that we could slowly start to break not only ourselves but the people around us out of that colonized mentality yeah i think awareness yeah. and education is definitely the biggest one for yeah education we're always gonna get in education because that's the base of everybody's thinking I believe. Yeah, if you're unaware of the issues going on, if you don't know, if you weren't taught, if you didn't learn, then how is anything going to change? You know, if you have a whole community of people that don't know, then nothing's going to happen. I, you have to educate I think them first. That's a big thing, too. People don't know what they don't know. So. Yeah, it's like, like I said, before taking this class, there's a lot of things I didn't think about or have thought about, but just kind of just brushed it off because it's like, okay it's like capitalism what am i gonna do about it you know i didn't really understand no i think the education needs to begin since home too because if you wait all the all all this time until you get to college to not get this knowledge it's gonna be too late sometimes yeah because like i yeah like i'm 19 i'm in college and i'm barely learning about this you know it's kind of something i probably should have known about earlier considering where I grew up yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah. at the same time, you are, I mean, you're still very young and at least it's better to learn now than, than never. Yeah. 40 years from well, now. Yeah, whatever, that's you true. Know? So at least we're making progress in that sense as a society. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to talk about... Oh. Oh, I just have one last thing, but yeah, like after the, what's it called, education, you know, obviously you have to put that into, into action. So that's definitely the last step for a lot of the stuff, which goes to the next point. Yeah, I'm going to talk about the California as a trend starter, because uh, at the book, Manuel says like, anything that happens in California, it's going to affect all the United States after, like the prom 13 that starts in California and then went out to all, all the country. So that's, I think that's a problem and a solution at the same time. Yeah. Definitely. I don't know what you think about. Yeah, I think it's definitely, I, 
I see it as a big solution for sure because if we make the right decisions or the right changes here, that'll spread throughout the rest of the nation. But yeah, I do see how it can be a problem because the wrong things like Proposition 13, you don't want that to be something that spreads. I definitely see it as a good thing. It was shown in class how multiple economic policies and implementations worked well for California, like investing in social change and social awareness and say the education yeah. worked out well here before the neoliberalism took over. Yeah, I think a lot but, of it has been good yeah. from what we've seen. Yeah, I, I think we having problems with that because right now just passing laws that affect every every all, all the people, but especially Mexicans and black people. But I think if we change that to make the changes, like the good changes to affect all the United States, you know, be a big solution. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think, I think as long as we enforce those changes and focus on California, the changes that we want to see, I think that should be the main goal because California is the main state in the United States, the big, most populated. Actually, is it the most populated? I'm pretty sure it is. California? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I think it is. It definitely has the biggest uh, Chicano population. And yeah, I think it can start with one as individuals. We change our mindset and change the way we think about things to which then we branch out to our internal community and then yeah. to a bigger, it's a slow like baby steps. Like first we had to learn about it, then our community will change, then our larger community the state then the nation and then it all starts small yeah yeah, yeah i think community once they're about the time because i don't know you know very uh communities are very disconnected now let's say it doesn't like the professor had yeah. being in mexico for example like yeah that, that's true when you go down to mexico it is very it feels more community oriented and more yeah familiar. it's more warming yeah it's more welcoming. more welcoming yeah definitely i think that's a big problem for sure that causes i think that's yeah. the, another like that's connected also to the consumerism and capitalistic environment we live in yeah living in san diego is i think san diego is like what the eighth largest city in the united states yeah it's so like it's 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 a massive it's a massive city to try and have such a communal feeling. Yeah. But you should still yeah. be able to feel that community feeling in like your exact, like your close community. Yeah, exactly. There's so many people here, but it's so easy to feel isolated because it's just very, it's, I think that's why there's just so many people and 
it's just there's a lot yeah of and, and i see a, another problem with with the chicano community that is that they don't feel like being part of anything like they don't feel like uh, real mexicans but they don't feel like real americans neither so yeah. they feel like trapped on, on on the middle yeah i know what you mean for sure you sometimes can feel rejected by Mexicans because you weren't born there or you came over here. You didn't, yeah. But then rejected by the rest of the nation because you're not... Look alike. Yeah, you're not a regular American. Yeah. Well, I... Uh... So basically, the solution is education. Yeah, I think education yeah. and community building, for sure, understanding, and then within the community, you know, pushing for that change you want to see, especially in California, yeah. because that can create... That's going to lead to... Which has already happened, evolve. like in the 90s. Big change yeah. made at that time. Education is definitely at the root of the solution for all, all these structures, as well as just the coming together, the grassroots mobilization, pushing for that more and changing that, mentality, better education. changing the mentality, yeah, mentality one, one by one. That's very big. That's something. Yeah. I... yeah. Sorry, were you saying something? Oh yeah. I was going to say that was something that I definitely notice a lot. That is a big problem within um chicano community because yeah like my grandpa not even just the uh, racism or anything but like machismo and stuff like that that's a big one my grandpa was extremely uh machismo like yeah he refused to get any sort of like emotional help or show really any emotions yeah if you cry your boys don't cry yeah you know yeah that destroyed him so yeah okay stuff I think a hard part for the solutions and a reason why it's so difficult to try and like set a set solution is they all, all the solutions intertwine with each other too. Yeah. So the, we need education, but to get education, we need grassroots mobilization, but to get people to mobilize, we need a change in their mindset and to have their mindset change we need education so it feels at times it can be overwhelming and feel yeah, like a loop linked. it's all linked like a web it and seems like a lot but the education you need money for that education which goes back to yeah. the government initiatives and equity yeah. for the communities it's like a loop a, a loop but, uh, it's one we... step at a time yeah, we uh, we covered we covered capitalism and uh, the problems with it, and it's how to how we think we should go about solving it, solving the problem, combating capitalism. Uh, we discussed colonialism and how we can overcome that, as well as how uh, California was a is a trendsetter and always has been, and how that will affect us in the future. Yeah, I think that could be I'd a, say... a good, good uh, like overview for sure. Yep. Yeah.
my closing remark for the for today's podcast is although it seems like a lot the like it's a mountain to overcome the best way to climb a mountain is one step at a time uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys today yep yeah see ya